You're listening to the Douglas Shikoe Podcast. Here we bring you some of the material found on Douglas's website in podcast form. We hope that as you listen, you are challenged to think about faith. Today, Douglas is beginning a new series called Messianic Judaism, sharing a lesson entitled Roots and Terms. For more on this episode, follow the link in the show notes to Douglas's website. Now here's today's teaching. Hello, this is the second talk on Messianic Judaism. Last time in the intro, I, I hope I snagged your interest. I'm, I'm simply asserting that it's an important movement, that we need to understand it, particularly because it makes many claims uh, which are very unusual. In fact, uh, do not match up with historic Christianity. Today, we're going to be looking at the roots of Zionism, uh, Zionism of uh, Messianic Judaism, and we'll be talking about terminology. Well, as far as the roots, members of this movement would claim that what they teach is the same as what the apostles taught, that Jesus did not come to modify or cancel the law in any way, but people were still uh, to be Jewish. It's quite interesting because in the first century, there were many issues, there were problems, we read about these in the letters, we read about these in Acts, but no problem was greater than what is called the Jew-Gentile controversy. That is, how Jewish does someone need to become in order to be a Christian? And there were people teaching that men had to be circumcised before they could be baptized, that it was somehow uh, attached to salvation. In Acts 15, there's a group who are teaching this, and understand in the first generation in the land of Israel, nearly everyone was Jewish before, and all of the apostles were Jews, Jesus as well. But there was a group called the Circumcision Party that said, unless you keep the law of Moses. Unless you're circumcised, you cannot be saved. Well, the Council of Jerusalem, where Peter speaks, Paul speaks, and James, the brother of Jesus, the leader of the Jerusalem church, they come to a conclusion that the Gentiles should not uh, be forced to be circumcised or keep the law. There's simply some small concessions made at the end. And Anyway, we can look throughout the New Testament and we'll see that and if Messianic Judaism is found there, it's only refuted. That is, the idea that Jesus didn't come to do away with the law is false, and they say that we still need uh, to uh, honor the Torah and live by it as much as possible. We're not going to, uh, I'll give biblical reasons why I reject that, but not in this talk. Well, in fact, in all the centuries between the first century and the 19th century, there's no Messianic Judaism. Um, it, there's nothing even like it until the 19th century when more and more Europeans are focused on evangelism. Uh, this is a common thing in, within Protestantism in the 1800s, and there were a number who wanted to reach the Jewish people. So there's a movement to evangelize. In fact, you know, Protestants weren't terribly evangelistic in their early generations, but things are changing, certainly in the 19th century. A second, uh, let's say, element that feeds into the, the birth of Messianic Judaism is Zionism. Now, Zionism refers to Zion, uh, where the temple was, and uh, it should be a very religious word, but Zionism is actually a secular program. Uh, the architects of Zionism that is, resettling the Jews in their historic homeland, uh, giving them land, were atheists. The people who pushed Zionism were not believers. Now, it came about, really, because people petitioned Parliament in the UK 
and they lobbied Congress in the U.S. And among evangelical churches, this became very popular for reasons I'll explain in a moment. And so uh, Israel uh, becomes its own country again in the year 1948. Of course, this is after the Holocaust, and the Holocaust wasn't just something that happened in the Nazis' uh, Third Reich. There were pogroms uh, and horrible persecutions of the Jews, uh, certainly in the 4th and 5th century and on. And so it's understandable uh, to, to seek safety, uh, to, to seek a homeland of one's own. Uh, many places have been considered uh, for a homeland for the Jews. Discussed were places like Uganda, Madagascar, uh, but it seemed Israel was the best choice. But those who promoted this were not believers, and the Orthodox rabbis today say that the founding of the state of Israel, modern Israel, was not of God. That was not a miracle, nor was it prophesied in Scripture. And so uh, the Zionists, who, who are agnostics and atheists, uh, don't really care too much what they say. But um, amazingly, most evangelical Christians believe that modern Israel is somehow fulfillment of prophecy. We'll look at that as well. We'll see that's false. Um, another element, particularly if you're in the United States, uh, the U.S. needs to support Israel. God would make of Abraham a great nation, and that nation needs military arms, and Israel is the U.S.'s number one recipient of foreign aid and its military aid. And ironically, um, in Israel, many are mocking the evangelicals who believe in arming Israel and who see I'll take this very seriously as a fulfillment of prophecy, but the, the ones who are benefiting uh, don't put any stock in it at all. So we have uh, evangelism of the Jews, we have Zionism, and then there's dispensationalism. The dispensations in human history are innocence, conscience, government, promise, law, grace, and kingdom. There's seven dispensations or ages. And after the Old Testament law, we're in the grace of the New Testament. And when Jesus comes back, he'll set up his kingdom. There's a lot of confusion about kingdom. Uh, some would say kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven are different things. Kingdom of heaven is simply what Matthew calls the kingdom of God. Uh, they'll say that the Messiah will set up the kingdom when he comes back, but that's, a, that's problematic because according to Acts 2 verse 30 and many other passages, Jesus is already on the throne. We read about that in Philippians 2 and 1 Timothy 6, uh, Matthew 28. He already has all authority. The Messianics reject the claim that the church is the true Israel. They insist that biblical Israel is still here. The historic position of the Christian church is that uh, the church replaced Israel. Messianics would call that replacement theology, and that's a pejorative term, and we'll talk about that as well. So we looked at the 19th century roots, and then finally it emerges, at least becoming better known, uh, in the 1960s and 1970s. I was coming to faith in the 70s, and Jews for Jesus was a new movement at that time, and that's a good example of the Messianics. So they seem Jewish, but they believe in Jesus. Today, there are many popular authors and training centers, and this movement is getting better uh, organized. Yet there are variations of belief. Now, I'm sorry, not everything I share in this series will describe every Messianic Jewish group uh, accurately because there's a spectrum. Uh, so I'll be generalizing, and I appreciate your patience. Well, last, let's talk about terminology. Leaders of their churches, well, which would be called synagogues, they call rabbis. And that's interesting. 
that they would use that term, particularly as Jesus says in Matthew 23, don't, don't do that. Jesus is called Yeshua, his Aramaic name, and many other words that are Aramaic or Hebrew um, are used in the services of the Messianics. And yet there's not consistency. I mean, Jesus's parents, we think of them as Joseph and Mary, shouldn't we call them Mariam and Yosef? And what about Petros and Paulos and Matthias and the other apostles? Is it okay to say uh, James or should we say Jacobus, like in the New Testament, or Yaakov in the Hebrew? Is Jerusalem the wrong pronunciation? Shouldn't it be Yerushalayim? Uh, and what about God, the Lord? Should we call him Yahweh or Yahweh? Or should we say Theos? If you really want to get into this, I have a podcast on the name of Jesus. Uh, you'll see the link at the webpage, and maybe you can listen to that. Anyway, there's an attempt to use many Semitic words, Aramaic or Hebrew, and to avoid other words and terms that are quite sensitive. Um, and these are terms that can be offensive to Jewish people as well as to Messianic Jews. Words like Christian, uh, Old Testament and New Testament. It's not the Old Testament, it's the Hebrew Bible. Conversion, because of the horrible things that so-called Christians have done throughout history, words like conversion and the cross and the crusade are very um, viewed very negatively. Uh, baptism, Messianics won't, won't use that word either. They'll talk about the mikveh, uh, the bath. Um, AD and BC become CE and BCE. And there's clearly an aim to create a Jewish feel to Christianity. Now, in my view, if we understand the nature of Christianity, it already has plenty of a Jewish feel because it's rooted in the Old Testament anyway, with or without the Hebrew and Aramaic words. I don't think it matters whether we pronounce a word correctly or not, not unless you're taking a test in school uh, and God knows what we mean. Well, let me tell you what's coming up. In the next talk, we're going to ask, is the Torah still for today, the law of Moses, the Torah? Because in Matthew 5, Jesus said, don't think I've come to abolish it. I came to fulfill it. The Messianic view is that that means it's not been abolished. We still need to follow it. So what should our stance be towards the Old Testament? What did Jesus really mean about fulfilling the law as opposed to abolishing it? These are important questions, and so starting with Lesson 3, we'll be examining the main claims of Messianic Judaism. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week. We hope you enjoyed Douglas's teaching on Messianic Judaism. For additional notes and resources, be sure to check out Douglas's website in the show notes. The website has hundreds of articles, podcasts, and videos for you to access for free. You can also become a premium subscriber and gain access to thousands of online resources from Douglas' teaching ministry. Thanks again for listening.